Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. You all know how I feel about beginners. So this show will be dedicated to beginners. I absolutely love, love, love when I get an opportunity to talk to a newbie. And seeing that we're in Women's History Month, I just had to find two outstanding women that I happened to meet uh, throughout last year. And I'm bringing them to you. And right now, I get an opportunity to bring to you Miss Angela Angie Shannon. Listen, y'all, this woman will make tears come to your eyes when she comes through the finish line, okay? She is outstanding. She got started at 60 years young. So when people say, I'm too old, I don't want to hear that. Mm -mm. Nope, don't want to hear it. Because you can try at any age. And Angela is going to, Tell us all about it. Welcome to Try Beginner's Luck, Angela. I'm glad to be here. How you doing? When I saw you come through the finish line last year, when all of the fast chicks gathered, it was probably one of the best finishes I had ever seen. The emotion, the energy, and most importantly, your attitude, because you were strutting down there. And I appreciate that. What I want to know is, why triathlon? Well, uh, it was uh, Shauna Payne Goal. You know Shauna, right? SPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I moved to the area, I just learned to swim. I'm a late life mm-hmm. swimmer. And I found that I took to the water uh, exceptionally well. So I wanted to keep it going. Some people say, I can swim, and they get around, and they splash, and they can keep themselves alive long enough to uh, be rescued. But I was like, well, I want to really learn how to swim. So uh, when I moved to the area, I wanted to learn strokes and stroke development, excuse me, and all of that. And so uh, Shauna was my coach. And I noticed that she swam very differently from me. Because I had even taken total immersion swimming, but she was just all upper body and arms. And I'm like, why do you swim differently? And so she said, well, I am a triathlete. I was like, what's that? And then she told me, I said, are we in here like that? She said, yes. I said, "Mm, God bless your ministry. As y'all can see, I'm in my office. I, I'm a ELCA. I'm a Lutheran pastor. But I was like, God bless your ministry. And Let me put some respect on every ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Angela Shannon. Well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh my uh what my uh TikTok handle is the irreverent rev. Because some people uh, I've been described as that, you know. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I don't care, you know, 
get a certain age you don't care about a whole lot. So uh, uh, Shauna began to work her business and stop coaching. And I was like, how are you going to leave me out there like that, coach? And she found a grant for, for uh it was called the Power Up Triathlon, uh, sponsored by uh, Core Sports. Uh, so uh, I was like, okay. She said, fill this out. And I was like, okay. And it was to get women of color involved in uh, endurance sport. I said, okay. So they asked questions. Well, basically, what can you do? I can swim. I can swim. Uh, can you run? If you see me running, you better start running too because Armageddon is coming. <laughs> I'm running from Armageddon and so show you. Should you? Okay. And so do you ride a bike? Well, I just ride my bike to work, you know, and that's a mile from my house. So I was very honest. And then they they chose me. And I was like, then it's like, oh, I got to do something, huh? And uh, they were really good and mentors and coaches and performance gear and, and just what you needed, right? So then uh, they gave me Coach Vaughn, Yvonne Spencer. Mm -hmm. And that was scary enough and quite intimidating because she is a triathlete's triathlete, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a triathlete triathlete at all it took her 100 years to get me to call myself an athlete and uh, uh and to tell you quite frankly there were times where I was really scared that I was not you know I've never been an athlete in my life I, I was the last one to get chosen for the kickball team okay <laughs> you know now if you want me to research anything I can and if it's in a library I will find it for you I'm your girl but, you know, this physical stuff, I, you know, and so Vaughn said to me, well, Coach Vaughn, uh, but you can swim. So you're ahead of a lot of people. I said, but that other stuff and just one day, um, uh, things that impact me very deeply. Uh, the Uvalde thing happened and with w weeks of that, it was the, what, the Buffalo thing. And uh, I, I was just paralyzed. And so. She called me. She said, them training peaks. I love Coach Vaughn. Why does that little woman sound like she smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, right? With that deep, gravelly voice. So it was like, okay, okay. And so she asked the question that I ask a lot of people when I am doing pastoral counseling. So what are you afraid of? And I just start blubbering. And she said, why are you crying? Which I learned that a lot of her athletes, she asked about a lot of her athletes. I said, I don't know. And so one by one, she removed all the excuses. She says, do you have any more excuses? I said, give me a moment. I will figure out something. And she said to me, if I can get you to the start line, you'll get to the finish line. And I always remember that, you know, so uh, everybody was surprised, including myself. And my prayer was, please, Lord, don't let me be the last one. I wasn't. I was next to the last. <laughs> this is your prayer. You got to be specific, I guess. I don't know. 
but yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how it happened. And um, wow, I mean, it was it's something that I never saw myself doing. It was quite empowering. Um, and uh, I was never shrinking violet, but it's just gotten eh, much worse, you know. So, yeah. So that's my try journey. Oh, I was real mad, though. Here's the angriest I was. Okay. Why is your, somebody needs to explain this to me. Why is your try age like one year more than you are, right? So when they wrote the 61 on my body, I said, this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, 61, I just turned 60. My birthday's in December. That's why you were 61. Because it's your age that you will be by the end of the year. Now, why no, no, they uh, we're, not we're not playing that. Listen, Even listen. though I'm 62 by the try now. I just turned uh, 61 on December 24. I was incensed. Um, you know, everybody has their triggers. Ooh, I do look kind of bad. I'm, I, I'm here on my off day and the office working because, you know, no one comes while I'm here so I can get a lot done. Pastor Angie, you are make, excuse me, Angie, you are hilarious. I don't even know how to even begin because you say it's such a mouthful and you like are keeping this going. You you are really hilarious. And yeah, so USA Triathlon has their rules and we can't change them. But I I will tell you, a lot of us have those questions, especially when you're going up an age group. You're like, but I'm not ready. Right, I'm look, ready. why are you trying to careen me towards 70? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this can take it slow and savor every moment of it. You know, yes, yes, I yes, will yes. tell you this, aging is fun. There are some aspects to it that are just, you know, fun. So tell us about it. Why is aging so fun? Because a lot of us, we're like, want to stay as young as possible. So tell us why you feel aging is well, so young. I guess it would be uh, a little more horrible if uh, if I actually looked what they thought 60 looked like. You know what I mean? Facts. But, uh, yeah. That's but, facts. but, you know, the other piece is, it's not, you know, when people see an outrageous older woman. She was out. She was an outrageous younger woman. You know, you can't get this outrageous just for wishing. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta do some stuff. You know, I, I'll tell you why I actually learned to swim. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time, actually working in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And this would have been like in 16, maybe 17. And, you know, the kids in a uh, in some kind of uh, a subdivision, you know, uh, they had a pool party. And as things uh, do, they're kids. What you do is like, stop it, go home, blah, blah, blah. But the police will call on these young African-American kids and uh, the the host, she was uh, the she's like fourteen years old, and police officer came and swung her around like a rag doll. And I was like, you know what? He wouldn't have swung my old behind around like the uh, rag doll for a uh, pool party. 
And then I thought, wait a minute. He sure wouldn't because you can't swim. So that happened on the weekend. The next business day, I was in somebody's class <laughs> learning to swim. So that's how, you know, uh, I learned to swim and then found that um, I enjoyed it. And um, after a while, uh, the owners said, well, we can't take your money. I was like, what's wrong with my money? And they're like, we're going to teach you uh, how to uh, teach others to to swim. I was like, why is that? And my uh, swim teacher says, look, big, big wall of a man, Jason. He says, I've been swimming since I was two. I don't even remember the fear or anything, but you do. And I've seen you work with folks in class to get them to float far better than I could. And so um, I started going to the uh, uh, to the pool and learning how to teach people to swim. And then there are just tragedies around the water with African-Americans. Uh, it was not the first, uh, my first time I lived in Texas, I was a pastor in Houston, not too far from New Orleans, you know, straight down I-10 or whatever. And there was a family reunion and um, that family lost five children that day because they were swim were trying to swim in a pond and nobody could get them. Mm -hmm. And one thing about Shauna, she was always saying, you know what, you look around and you need to find the swim adult around you. And if you can't find the swim adult, it's probably you. And so, yeah, uh, I became the swim adult, you know. Um, I think you said so much in, in your story about how you came to swim, watching Shauna swim. And swim styles vary based off of what your desired outcome is. You know, and so I think you seeing coming to learn as an adult provided some benefits for you because now you can teach others how to swim because you know that fear. So it was a positive, although it was a little bit later in life and irregardless and regardless of um, what your style of swimming is, initially when it's your first time learning and you're going out into the open water, it's like, it's like kind of like a survival get out there and survive. Some people kick, some people don't kick, right? The proper method of swimming is you do want to swim and kick at the same time simultaneously to move right. forward. But some triathletes don't use their legs to kick because they are saving them for the bike, for the bike and, the run. and the run. So different strokes, literally for different folks and however it works, it works. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to put that out there because I don't want people to get the um, impression that they don't have to kick, you know, because some people can kick and they can't pull. And so there's different things that vote for different, you know, mm -hmm. there's just different Absolutely. strokes, you know what I'm saying? So I want to be able to be clear because total immersion works super well for some people and others. It may not, there's all types of methods. And that's the beauty of this sport because it doesn't really matter how we do it as long no, as we do it. As long as you get there. That's it. Just get there. And get you got there. So you're you're here. You've learned how to swim. And you got a coach. You got Coach Vaughn. I'm very familiar with Coach Vaughn. And actually, um, I need to call you Soro because you're my Soro as well yes, as Coach Vaughn. Yes, Coach Vaughn. Yeah. Yes. 
you know, and so you had an opportunity to work with Coach Vaughn, and you're I'm right. I'm scared of her, though. I'm not, I won't lie. I am, too. She, she, she has uh, that When she scares me, I call voice. her the colonel, huh? Because she has that authoritative voice. You <laughs> Full packs of cigarettes. <laughs> Who doesn't smoke? <laughs> I love it. It's a very authoritative voice, so you have to listen. And she means well. And look, she got you to the She absolutely room. means as well. She means well. Because like she said, if I can get you to the starting line, you will finish. But I got a I got a bone with you triathletes, those those long-term triathletes. You've been doing it so long, you forget to tell the uh, newbies about those little things that you should know about. And you're like, and you didn't tell me because why? <laughs> That's why we have this podcast called Try Beginner's Luck. And so we can not forget about those little things. Now tell us some of those little things. Rashes. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A certain someone's, somebody's forgot to tell me about chamois cream. Mm -hmm. No way. Mm -hmm. No, she didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I was hot for a while. In more ways than one. You should have been. <laughs> I was, I was oh, let me hot. tell you. Let me, mm, chamois cream will save your life. Was was yes, it 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 will save. I'm sorry, on behalf of apology accepted. I, I, I do apologize on behalf of. Oh, I'm even scared. But to you know what's day. really cool. But what keeps me here, mm -hmm. even though you know I was sidelined by one of those rashes for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, what keeps me here is that there's always something more to learn. So you should have seen me looking up. Now, what's this PSI stuff? Okay, all right, all right, all right. And 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 just learning. I I like I like to learn, and this just uh, gives me a place to learn stuff about my own body, about biking, about running. Uh, about uh, swimming, uh, Tracy McNeil was my open water swim coach, and uh, boy, I would fuss. Her her neighbors would comment about me fussing because I would be fussing, swimming, and crying some days. But you know, uh, your mom tells you stuff like this when you're little. Okay, you did it, but did you die? No, I didn't die, but man, did I want to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow okay you've you were inducted into the tri world in that moment of getting your rash everyone most people have gotten some type of rash no but y'all won't say no you listen don't don't get feisty with me now don't do that not today, not today. Uh, it's been a it long happens. Time. And even those of us who are who have been trying for years sometimes still get rashes in unexpected places that you didn't know that you could get them. I really need some makeup. Okay. Are we doing this right now? What? We are I'm not talking about makeup when we're trying to talk about triathlon. Like okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> You said this was going to be a conversation. 
I, you know, now if you want me to, I can act formal. I can put on one of these rooms, put on. No, no, you don't have to do that. This is this is a conversation. So okay. you want to talk about your makeup? Because I can talk about makeup and trying that. That's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, you want to hear about your. Experience. Wait a minute, what is that? And with the uh, with the fast chicks, they had that gloss, baby. I was like, look at them. See, I, gloss ready. Look, I look like whatever. <laughs> and I was like, and you are putting on lipstick. All right. That's it. Because when you look good, you feel good. And lipstick helps, you know, it helps give you a little bit of spice. A little lift. Uh -huh. A little lift. But know? you all remember that was my first try. I was just happy to be there. That's it. So let's talk about your first try. I was going to go back and get you to talk about riding the bike and learning how to ride because I'm sure riding a mile every day is very different than the training that the colonel had you go through. Yeah, so, go ride 10 miles and yeah, and and those and and training peaks just tells on you, you know. It, it, it's a snitch. It is a big one too. Yes. <laughs> but some people love training peaks, you know, but it's those moments when you don't do what you're supposed to do that you'd be like, mm, I just got mm. that red. I just, mm. Mm -mm, cause when I leave here tonight, I'm going to the where? To the pool. Well, there it is. Mm -hmm. Get your green check. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know how it is. That pool, all of it will say, you better pay me what you owe. That's it. That is it. So your first race, tell us about where it was. Tell us about all the feels Williamsburg. of getting there that merch. Okay. All right. So tell us about it. Okay. And uh, what do you want to know besides, I was just terrified. So you did a race in Williamsburg. Do you remember the name of the race? Because there's a couple of races Red in Williamsburg. Three? Okay, so you did Rev 3, Williamsburg, mm. and uh, why are you getting all shot? Now, you done been talking about everything, and now you don't remember nothing? Oh, I remember everything. I mean, I remember everything. I remember being nervous driving up there. You know, uh, Virginia still has that antebellum feel. I'm from the north. <laughs> you know, four miles to said plantation. Uh -huh. <laughs> all right all right so i i i got a, a nice room i wanted to have a nice room so i got a nice room at a, at a nice resort by myself okay i had read all the things that you're supposed to eat and the things you're not supposed to eat and so uh Coach Vaughn says, come up the day before, you know, and just going to swim it out a little bit. And, you know, even though I had my little uh, uh, coaching sessions, I still was kind of nervous about it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we went out there and people were just so nice, you know, just really, really nice. And Slavon says to me, well, what are you nervous about? You swim really well. I was like, I do. And she said, yeah. So we go swimming and stuff, you know. Um, um, I had a little boiled eggs for the next morning, you know. Now, one of my trusses, she said, girl, I ain't a Pop-Tart. I said, you a military. This ain't me, you know. And so that next morning, I wanted to just kind of, you know, get in the water. And close to the pier, I got caught in a whirlpool and they had to pull me out of that. I said, this does not bode well. And so, okay, all right, get yourself together, Shannon, get yourself together. Got myself together. 
Um, that morning, I got a text from one of my church members, and that became my mantra. He said, remember, Pastor, the love of God surrounds you. And that was a great mantra as you pulled, you know, the love of God surrounds me, you know. So I uh, lost one of my contact lenses <laughs> early on and was like, well, this is it. Just get to the bike, Shannon. And then it was a long, like, walk to the next, you know, to the transition. I was pissed. You know, you, you know, Fred Flintstone, you know, when he gets out of bed and he walking around like this, so I was kind of bad. But I got to the bike and one of the things, uh, there's always something more to learn. Because I got on a bike. I mean, I was pedaling hard, but my legs weren't going anywhere. Uh, I have great aerobic capacity, and it, it uh, felt like a walk in the park, but I just couldn't get those legs to get where they needed to go. My bike's name CJ. And that's short for Cleopatra Jones. Y'all remember Cleopatra? No, you wouldn't remember Cleopatra Jones. She's in that genre with Get Christy Love. You know, because she's black and everything and she fast. Now, I'm not fast, but CJ is, you know. So <laughs> CJ, her name is CJ, you know. Okay. And um, so got that going. And um, again, being uh, people are very encouraging because on the way in that loop back, I was struggling with that that little baby heel, Okay. And so there was someone who was run on, on their run leg and he just kept yelling at me. Eat that meal. I was like, okay. <laughs> I better I felt like he was gonna get me or something. <laughs> you know. Uh so people were very, uh, very encouraging. Um, you know, uh, I said, just don't let me be last. <laughs> so uh, so all the butterflies, and so people were so encouraging, and I had had decided that I was going to stay because I wanted the entire experience. I was going to stay after uh, to you know uh, volunteer uh, a relief station with Fast Chicks. Everybody loves Fast Chicks; they are encouraging, uh, you know, just really attentive out there, line dancing and. And uh, so uh, Crystal asked me, are you sore? I was like, no. And I'm I'm a little concerned because I thought I'd be in a, in a, uh, I needed to be in a bathtub of ice. I said, but I'm not sore at all. And so this makes it surreal. And so she says, because she had good coaching. I was like, really? She said, yeah. I said, oh, okay. I love it. So that. yeah, it's, it's something beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, my folks uh, think I'm nuts because I want to do it again. And uh, I think I'm nuts because I'm going to do this, excuse me, this uh, Bash Chicks boot camp. And, and one of the calls, they're like, well, what do you hope to do at this boot camp? I was like, stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> stay alive. Wow. And and you will. And I think what's so beautiful about your story, Angie, is that you did have a good coach. You were with a great team, a supportive team who was there to welcome you to the finish line. But mm -hmm. you did the work. You pushed yourself beyond your fears. 
you were courageous enough to try something at 60 years old. Although USA Triathlon says you were 61. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna keep, we're gonna get them on that. But you did it. And so that to me is just inspiring. It is inspiring on all fronts. And you did something that you, one, didn't even know about until someone introduced you to the sport. And that's the power of our voices in speaking up about doing triathlon. We have to share and tell people, yeah, triathlon is cool and it's hard, but you should try it. And be patient about it. See, because Shauna and Crystal, they gradually reeled me in because all I was doing was swimming. You know, I was swimming in a pool to burn off stress so that, you know, I can keep my prayer posture like this instead of like this. And and so, you know, uh, and they were just really nice, nice ladies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Pastor Angie. Yes, Sarah. Yes, Sarah Angie. Welcome to the sport of triathlon. You are a triathlete, my friend. And you're going to go- I slept with the medal that night. You should have. I, you I, went, I put it on a nice to <laughs> me. I love it. Yeah. We got a few more things we got to do real okay. quick. Um, before we let you go, it's called okay. rapid fire question. Hmm. All right. Pastor Angie, tell us your favorite leg of the sport. Swim. Okay. All right. What's one memorable experience from your first race? Um, coming across that finish line with everybody coming with me. Okay. What's what is something that you would say to inspire future triathletes? You can do it. If I can, you can. Favorite post-workout food? Any? (laughs) I like to eat. Okay. I'm here for that. What or who inspires you? To do this or just inspires me, period? Inspires you, period. Um, Polly Murray. Okay. And everybody talks about Thurgood Marshall and all of those greats in the uh, uh, civil rights movement. She was the architect of the uh, civil rights movement. They used her arguments for uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. So, you know, I'm into folks who get the stuff done. You know, she doesn't have to. You know, she was never like, well, I need to get the credit. She was like, look, I, I'm moving on to something else. You know, she was always in motion. I love it. Love it. What, What's your favorite song? To get you My, motivated. To get you motivated. I need to be clear. I need to clarify that. <laughs> to get me motivated to do. To, to work um, out. What's your favorite song that motivates you when you're working out? It's. It's hard to see. I love music and there's just so much, you know, mm-hmm. 
and I hear textures and layers of music. So uh, with some, this is so nerdy, with some hymns, I will do the uh, the soprano, alto, and tenor, and bass. And then when I've done that with the songs, I'll do the accompaniments. I'll do the brass and the organ and the piano. <laughs> it's something to keep me distracted. distracted. You know? Or else I would be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a song too we can make that a song too uh -uh. no we can't make that one because if, if i think it is bs i'm a sound yeah pee in your wetsuit if you have one or wetsuit before or pee on the bike or get off and take proper pee breaks oh mm. i feel like this is a moment <laughs> i'm not there yet because i learned that i was like y'all nasty <laughs> you do learn when you become a triathlete some hygiene i mean i'm a baby kind triathlete of, kind of escapes the uh but some baby triathletes have peed in their wetsuits but you know what i have learned mm -hmm. is that um triathletes tend to be pretty immodest and that's all right you know and i i, I find myself just okay so if i had to i would there it is. And that's all we needed to know. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Soror Angela Angie Shannon. Thank, thank you, you so much. This has been so great. You're welcome. It's been fun. It's You're been welcome. it's been actually fun. And thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, now y'all pray these name. rashes away. We'll be all right. I get that chamois cream. Girl. <laughs> and we're just gonna keep the party going. Up next, we have a new triathlete who I happened to meet on the WOND trail. When you have to take one of those important stops at a bike shop, it's only so many reasons why. And during my stop, I happened to meet Angelina and her coach. Really good experience. And she was telling me about her, you know, her time. And I just said, wait a minute, I want to talk to you more. You are, you have such an interesting background. I want to know more. Got started in the pandemic, is a new mom, and it was all because of the Peloton. The Peloton has changed the way fitness is done, and I applaud what they are doing. But right now, I get to applaud Angelina Miller. Angelina Miller, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck. How you doing? Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming and joining us or joining me, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good to see you. You had such an amazing season last year. I follow you on social media, so I was able to track your journey. And um, how does it feel to have finished an amazing first season? Uh, such a sense of accomplishment, I tell you. Um, I really didn't go into that season imagining um, what all I would really accomplish within the season. So it was really, um, it's quite a sense of accomplishment looking back over it. Okay. Okay. Let's just start here and let's talk about the accomplishments and then we're going to work backwards because I think, you know, let, yeah, let's start with the accomplishments because if I'm not mistaken, you podiumed a lot last year. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah I podiumed on all of my races last year <laughs> <laughs> all of them hey come on isn't that an amazing feeling 
It is. But honestly, like just doing the races and finishing um all of them and I don't know, just like the training process and being able to compete, it was just overwhelming. It was a, it was an amazing experience. Absolutely. And the icing on the cake is getting extra bling for your efforts. But the journey as the microphone topples over, <laughs> the journey is really what it's all about. So let's talk about your journey. How did you come into triathlon? So I had my little girl in the end of 2019. Um, and as all new moms, I kind of lost motivation to work out, gained a lot of weight. Um, and then by the middle to end of 2020, um, I looked in the mirror and didn't like what I saw, decided it was time for a change. So I got a Peloton around the end of 2020, beginning of 21, started getting really into cycling on the Peloton, lifting weights, um, lost a lot of weight. And then I was watching the Summer Olympics, I guess that was 2021, and uh, was talking to some co-workers about how how amazing the track athletes at the Olympics were and was just really uh, impressed by the sport and somebody said well why don't you try it doing a triathlon and I was kind of taken aback by that I didn't know that a normal average human could go and do a triathlon I thought I thought it was literally an Olympic sport um, so I researched it for like a week and then decided I was going to go for it so then I had to research everything about triathlon had to do couch to 5k because I'd never been a runner, um, still kept up with cycling on the Peloton. And then um, the biggest shock of all was having to go to the gym and learn how to swim. Watched a lot of YouTube, floundered around in the pool, couldn't even swim 25 yards without thinking I was going to drown. Um, but eventually it all came together and I started being able to put in um, some time and distance into the three sports. And uh, before I knew it, I it was time for my first super sprint. That's a good story. <laughs> From being not able to swim to being able to go to your first super sprint and just everything in between. So you're at your first super sprint. Well, first of all, how did you even get to your first super sprint? Did you, when you did your research, did you research a plan and you did a plan from online or did you have a, well, I know you eventually had a coach, but did you have a coach from the start? Like, tell me all about that. Yeah, so at first I just kind of winged it because I knew I had to learn how to swim and learn how to run. I figured I could bike because, I mean, I'd been on a Peloton. So how how hard could it be to bike outside? Um, well, it was a little bit difficult <laughs> after I got a bike and discovered you have to balance and, you know, move forward and not fall over. That was interesting. Um, but <laughs> after I discovered that I needed to do all of those things, then I did do some research on how to put them all together and when I needed to do which and how often and how long I needed to do all of them. And then I came across training peaks and I learned that they had, um, already formed plans that you could buy and follow. And so at first I did that and I followed, I did a couple different ones and they were really hard to follow because my lifestyle is just so crazy. Um, I'm a full-time operating room nurse. Um, I have a three-year-old, uh, she two at the time. Um, and so it's really hard to hit all of the training, um, sessions that they wanted me to hit at the times, you know, that I should. So 
I found that I missed a lot. And some of the training, some of the training was like a little bit above the level that I felt that I was at at the time. And I, I just didn't feel like I was having any feedback from it. So when I met my coach at the pool, we became friends. He actually wasn't a coach at the time, but I, I, I one day said, Hey, I would love if you could put together a plan for me. Like, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm planning to do. Can you put a plan together for me? So he thought about it because he had never done this before. And um, a couple weeks later, he was like, hey, guess what? I became a certified coach. So the next thing I know, I had kickstarted his career as a coach. And he put together this whole plan for me. And I have not left his side since. I mean, it's incredible having a coach by your side, being able to put together that plan for you, give you the feedback on how you're doing. Um, and he's able to adjust um, my plan to my crazy life changes. If my kid gets sick and I can't work out, he factors that into my life and helps me um, get back on course. That is the power of coaching you know, especially individualized coaching, because there's so many different levels of coaching. You can be on a team and just have access to coaches. You can have, you know, a training plan with limited access and limited revisions. You can be dedicated coaches and they will change, you know, as things come up. But to have that as a, a new athlete, that's incredible. And that's often not the case for most new athletes, especially those who are entering the trial space. So you lucked out by going to the pool and not learning how to swim and making <laughs> friends with folks, because that's what we do. This sport is so friendly. And you realize when you are struggling, there's always someone who's going to try to reach out and help you. And it looked like that was the case for you. And I love that. Yeah, I definitely um, was very blessed and fortunate in that aspect, for sure. Yes. So I love that we are so helpful. And I think that just takes us back even to our conversation and our interaction of being on the WOND and stopping at, uh, what was it, Conti's maybe? We stopped at Conti's. Yeah. And, was um, you know, just, and it was getting saddles, like something had happened to my saddle. I think your coach was trying out a new saddle because listen, if your AV system ain't feeling right. Ain't nothing gonna be right on that day, okay? Girl, you got that right. Because <laughs> listen, that AV system, I tell you, it, whew. All right, anyway, we don't want to go too down down the path. So you did your first super sprint. Walk us through that race. So the super sprint was in May of 22. Um, it was through Rev 3. Um, so what I really was drawn to with that was, um, the pool swim, since I was really not confident in the pool at the time, I really, um, was glad that I could do my swim in a pool where I was pretty sure I wasn't going to drown. That, um, was pretty scary though. Jumping in for the first time, wasn't sure where to line myself up. So I lined myself up kind of near the end of the line, you know, because I, I really hadn't done any organized swimming events so um the swim went pretty fast I actually swam some of my best times that day got out it was still cold outside because you know spring in Virginia you never know what you're gonna get but it was a little chilly out transitioned onto the bike I was on a road bike at the time that was a little too big for me so I remember it just being kind of a struggle um but we got through the 12 miles of biking transitioned into the 5k and I remember 
it was the hardest run I had ever done because I mean, I had never put all three together. So I was getting pretty tired. Oh, and the week before that I had had a stomach bug where I spent all week, you know, losing my cookies all week. So that was um, pretty exhausting. (laughs) So uh, coming in, um, I just remember I need to pass everyone in the shoot. Like that was my goal. Didn't matter that they were not in my age group. I had to give it one more gear at the end. So coming in, I swear to God, looking back at the data later, my heart rate was no joke, 200 beats a minute. Um, I remember just kind of like collapsing into my coach's arms. I don't remember them taking my timing chip. I barely remember getting my medal. Um, It was just kind of a whirlwind for the next few minutes. And then we were just standing around and I was trying, trying not to fall over, you know, and thinking about uh, refueling. And then my coach, he yells, he's like, oh my God, you got first place in your age group. And I was like, no way, no way. So then I had to look at it myself and I was like, holy bananas. I actually can do triathlon. This is crazy. I really thought I was going to be like the last person coming across the finish line. I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would be first in my age group. I am going to steal that holy bananas. I didn't know (laughs) bananas could be so holy. Come through with the holy bananas in the first place. But the 200, come on. Like you pushed your heart so far that day. I mean, girl. I'm surprised you're still here. Like, is that... I am also surprised. You need to see the picture from that day. I'll send it to you one day. You can see it on my face, girl. Ooh, Chile. As I say, ooh, Chile. But you did it. You And as I say, you didn't die. Thank God. And Thank God. you were able to live to try again and to do it well. And so that was your first super sprint experience. I'm sure by the time you went to the sprint, you probably tailored that finish line shoot a little bit, dialed it back just a bit. Tell us about your sprint race because you've done your sprint. So who did you do your sprint with? And uh, tell us about that race. So my first sprint was out in Jamestown through Kinetic. Um, and that was the first time really experiencing um, an open water triathlon uh, start. And I had done a couple open water swims and training, um, out over near, um, the bridge, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I had done a couple open water swims over there, but I had never done a triathlon with an open water swim. So I was really nervous going into that. And, um, I did have a little bit of issues with sighting because the sun was coming up as we were coming into shore, which happened to be facing East And at that time, I did not have tinted goggles. So that was a real issue. I added a couple hundred yards to my swim due to sighting problems towards the end of the swim. And I really, really had not accounted for um, the chop that I encountered during that swim. But so I was really hard on myself during and after that swim. Um, But, you know, once I got onto the bike and I got out a couple miles, I realized I really needed to like push that feeling down of like how disappointed I was in my swim because I needed to focus at on the, you know, the next task at hand. So 
it was a flat and fast bike I because biking is like my number one love within triathlon. So I got onto the bike and a couple miles in, I was like, I'm just going to, to power through this ride. I love this. This is great riding. And the bike went well. And then I got onto my 5k and, um, had a little bit of issues with nutrition staying down. Um, I had a, it was the whole season was a learning curve in nutrition as well. But, um, so anyways, but yes, I did not reach 200 beats a minute. Thank goodness for that one. But, uh, I was very happy overall with how my race went, but, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot, um, did some things right and, uh, went home with another, um, race under my belt. I love it. Open water swimming is very different than pool swimming and pool race swims. And so one of the things that you pointed out was that you had a hard time sighting and, I don't recall, and I think maybe Mark Turner said this um, last week, but when you're in the pool, you have the lines to guide you and you can look down, you know, but when you're swimming in open water, you have to look up and there's techniques for that. And not to mention your goggles. There are goggles that are better for indoor swimming than outdoor swimming. And so that's a lesson that as um, those of even me, sometimes I wear the wrong goggles, right? Because this you, sometimes you pick the right goggles, and you just pick them up and go. But the goggles that you wear can ch change the course of that particular race for you. And so I just encourage those of you who need to get a little get two pairs of goggles, you don't have to spend a lot of money on them, but get goggles that you can wear indoor and or even outdoor because they have goggles where you can do both but goggles can definitely make or can change the course of the day for you and make it easier or make it a little bit more challenging what so first super sprint sprint is done what was your next race so i did one more sprint um before moving on to the olympic okay. um Trying to remember where that was. Can't even remember right now. It's okay. Tell us about the Olympic. So yeah, I moved on to the Olympic. Um, and that was with Kinetic again, um, out in Culpepper. And that was one of those races that I had just signed up for um because I liked the date of the race because it matched up with um, you know, my husband's work schedule and my work schedule. And uh, didn't even look at the course map, which I later learned in life is an important thing as an athlete to do. But I went out to Culpepper and I think it was like the day before the race or maybe it was a couple weeks before. I can't remember. But I was like, my coach, you know, brought it to my attention that there was going to be some hills. And I was like, oh, it's OK. I, I don't mind some hills. I'll be fine. And the swim went really well. By that point, I had um, gotten a little bit more confident with the open water swim and the hills of Culpeper were no joke. Um, I remember thinking that the roads were very rough. And then I I think the bike was even longer than a usual Olympic, if I remember right. It was like a mile, mile or two longer. And the last hill, 
oh, I just want it off the bike. I just remember thinking, get me off this bike and I will run the fastest I've ever ran in my life. But of course that didn't really happen. I did get off the bike. Thankfully was very happy for that. But then there were hills on the run, which I wasn't really ready for. Um, hadn't done enough hill running, but I did a little bit of run walk intervals at some point. And then I remember hearing the finish line and I was like, oh, good. I'm almost there. And I looked down at my watch and I was pretty close to breaking an hour for my 10K. So I was like, I'm going to kick it up a notch. I just want to I just want to beat that one hour mark. So I kick it up and then needless to say, I didn't know there was one more hill. And I just remember wanting to cry so bad because there went that one hour. And then I remembered, what does it really matter? I still did my first Olympic. It was the hardest thing I had ever done to that point. And I was incredibly proud of myself for having conquered such a challenging course and come to the finish line. Um, it was a little over three hours, I think, all said and done. But um, I was I was very happy to be done with that Olympic with all those hills. <laughs> oh, yeah. And let's be clear. Culpepper is beyond hilly. It is extremely <laughs> hilly. And they are very uh, steep hills. They're not the long, gradual ones that, you know, you can kind of like pace yourself. They're like, it, it's Yes. I've done a, uh, what are those rides called? Like uh, a metric century or something out there. Yeah. And it is, it th that's hilly territory. And for you not to know the elevation before going out there, I'm sure you would, will now always look at the race course prior to selecting your courses, depending on what your, uh, you know, what your schedule looks like. So you can plan accordingly for next time. But you said something that st struck me. And you said at the end, um, it wasn't the hardest race you had done yet. So was there more? Like, because this is a lot in the first year. <laughs> so I did another Olympic after that out in Luray. And that one was equally challenging. Um, Luray is also a hilly site, which I had signed up for and also not looked at the elevation. I'm not sure if I had signed up for them both together or what had happened with that, but it was also hilly. But the most challenging this last season was um, I signed up and completed a 70.3 distance. So you went from super sprint to a half distance all in one year. Yeah. And even my coach said um, I was a little crazy. Um, none of us saw it coming. I honestly didn't even see it coming. I always um, would say, you know, one day when I do a half Ironman, that's going to be the most exciting day of my life. I can't wait. And then I forget when it was. It was probably after my first Olympic. I said, hey, you know what? I think I should do a half Ironman. And coach was like, are you sure, you know, like the training's going to get a little crazy. You're going to have to go on really long rides and runs, you know, on the weekends. And it's a, it's a quite the, the uptick in training volume. Like you're going to go from never having done triathlons to doing a half Ironman all in one season. That seems like a lot. 
And I said, I think, I think I can do it. Like, I don't see why not. I think with your help, I can get there. And so I got the training in. I, I was pretty dedicated to it. I would wake up at 4 a.m., you know, to get on the trainer by 4.30 many times um, and then do second workout after I got off work at 3, um, just because I knew that this was something I really wanted to do. Um, but then when the week came around for my half Ironman, um, a hurricane was blowing through Maryland and I became a little less sure if I wanted to do my first 70.3. Um, I, the day before was even talking to coworkers, like, should I go? Should I not? What should I do? What do you think? And many of my coworkers don't understand what I do um, as a sport. They think I'm a little crazy, to put it mildly. And they said, dude, stay at home. What are you talking about? Why would you go out there? Why would you be outside in this cold and wet, windy weather? And, but you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, I really would be disappointed in myself if I didn't at least try. Like I have to go out there and start this thing. So I got my trash bags together for transition. I got all my winter and wet riding gear together and we went out there and I was standing in line to start the swim and I hear some discussion about jellyfish and I had never in my wildest dreams thought that there would be jellyfish in any of the swims that I was going to do this last season and I was standing behind the person in front of me about to jump in and I for some reason looked down and there it was baby jellyfish beside the dock and there was a momentary thought of nobody's going to fault me if I turn around and run away from this water. Like, I don't think I can do this. And then the next thing I know, the guy jumps in and the the um person at the end of the dock, he's like, your turn. Uh, so without thinking, I just jump in. I'm like, I have to do it. I, I just jump in. Uh, the swim was pretty rough. They had to shorten the course because of the weather conditions. The um the current was a little too strong out um at the outskirts of the bay. Um, the jellyfish I had un I had not planned for were so many that it felt like I was scooping them. You were there, girl. I mean, those jellyfish were wild. Ugh, I know you remember that. Hmm. I do. I do. I do. Um, yes, I did the, uh, Olympic that day. And, um, I, I have a thing with jellyfish cause I had a previous race <laughs> where I had gotten stung with jellyfish. And so when I realized that there were jellyfish, I was like, okay, I can do this. I have to overcome my fear. I have to do this. I can overcome my fear. And so I get in and then I just got hammered and then literally started to like hyperventilate and I'm a swimmer. So swimming is my probably, you know, I'm more proficient at swimming. Right. And my heart rate literally was 198 easily. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's, this is not good. This isn't good. So I had to like calm myself down, but I was there and it was, it was rough waters and it was a unique time because it was in October and usually jellyfish season is in September. So that just goes to show you how, whatever is happening in the global warming sphere, it is bananas, holy bananas. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was one of those days. Ooh, all right, let's move on for that. So we don't want to talk about them things no more. Okay. 
Um, due to the choppy weather, I did have a little bit of trouble finding the exact spot on the dock where we had got where we were supposed to get out. Uh, so I added a little bit more to my swim again. Um, I obviously have problems with that. I'm going to be working on that this season, figuring out, you know, not to not add some time to my swim. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, got out of the water, was running to transition and remember thinking, thank God that is done. Let's just get on the bike, got on the bike. Um, and it was windy. I remember getting out there and looking down and my, I, I was like, are you sure my computer is working? Because I feel like I'm going nowhere. I'm pushing the Watts that I'm supposed to, my heart rates where it's supposed to be, but we're going so slow. But then I remembered this wind, this wind has a huge impact. Just keep with it. So then it was like three hours of biking almost. And so much time to think, girl. I got out there and everything started hurting at some point. And I stopped at a porta potty and was thinking, how easy would it be to beg these people that have bananas over here to get me a ride back to transition? Because I just don't know that I can get back on this bike. Like, I am not having a good time. And then I was like, what kind of example is that to my daughter, number one, and to like myself, like I cannot give up in the middle of the bike course. Like what is wrong with you? You don't have a flat, nothing's broken, get back on the bike. So I got back on the bike and actually the second half of that went pretty decent, still slow going, but I, I kept doing this like chain game with this other girl and we would make jokes as we would pass each other. And then she would pass me and uh, it was a great time. So there was a little bit of um, I, I camaraderie, I guess you could say, out there on the course. Um, and then coming into transition, uh, again, was happy to get off the bike. I think it's just like a common theme. I think like even though I love biking so much, by the time I get to the end of the prescribed distance, I'm just ready to get off. So I put on my running shoes and shed some layers because I know that as soon as I start running, I'm going to like heat up like crazy. So I started out too fast, of course, and realized that about a mile in. So I backed that down and I was doing really well. It was a three lap course. And by the time I came around to my um, spectators the third time, I was forming a plan before I hit them that I was just going to walk for a bit because I'm in so much pain. I just want to walk and they'll walk with me for a little bit. Like it, it will be, it'll be good. And then I'll start running back again. I hadn't even rounded the corner where they were. And I hear them. They're screaming and yelling and they're so excited for me. They're like pumping me up and I just keep running. I know I can't stop now. Like I don't want to disappoint them. And I just keep running. Like I get a second wind. And by the time I'm coming through that finish line, I am almost in tears just from their support. Like, I mean, and then it was just a phenomenal feeling crossing that finish line. And then the sky broke loose with some rain. And I was like, if that isn't a sign, I don't know what is. I mean, it was the most phenomenal finish of my entire season. I wanted to cry. The sky was crying. And 
all the people who had been with me all season long to support me were there at the finish line. What a climactic ending to an amazing first year. Everything is crying and celebrating you and washing it all down. What? That's incredible. I'm so proud of you, Angelina. Like, you know, it's, you know, when I listen to you talk about all of your races, you are a, you are uh, a, I was gonna say, you are a girl, you are a young lady, you are a woman who just gives it your all and you go hard no matter what. And, you know, different people have different levels, but I love the fact that you kept pushing yourself and challenging yourself. What would you tell a beginner or someone who's on the cusp of wanting to try? What words of advice or wisdom would you leave with them? So I would say that you're really going to have good days in training and you're going to have bad days. And just because you have a bad training session or even like a bad week, like we all have bad weeks. Don't let that be the determining factor for how good you are or how bad you are at triathlon. Like just because you're having a very bad training session or week doesn't mean you suck at triathlon. It just means that maybe your body needs a little rest. Maybe you're just having you're you're having trouble hitting that next level. It could be any number of factors, but it doesn't mean that you should quit triathlon. It just means that something may need some attention. And for me, it was it was hard to learn that. Like honestly, when I would hit a wall or I would get out there and I would perform worse than, you know, I had previously, I would take it personally very hard. I was like, why Am I putting all this time and effort into something and not getting any better? And then I would look back at, you know, the very first stuff I would do. That's a, that's a great motivator. If you ever look back over history of like where you came from, it was it was always eye opening. Like you can and you are doing better than you did before. Just to look back and be like, I couldn't swim 25 yards. And then like today, I went out and did 3,000 yards, you know, easily. Like you can do way more than you ever think you can. Just because you're hitting one bad session doesn't mean you're not going to get there. Wisdom. That's it. That's good stuff. That, that That's really good stuff. And I'm just going to say, holy bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay. Um. What's next for you? What are you training for? Because you said 3,000. That sounds like you're going up in distance. What would come next? Yeah, girl. So this next season is ultimately going to end in a full Ironman uh, October again this next season um, in Sacramento, California. Well, we bid you an amazing race and an amazing journey. And we would love to hear more about your training and racing. So I'm excited for you. Congratulations in advance of just the training because the journey to your race is going to be incredible. The, the journey, the training is totally incredible. It's hard, but it's incredible. So good luck to you. Come on. Thank okay. you. Okay. We're going to do some rapid fire and then we're going to let you go. Enjoy your day. All right. Um, favorite place to bike? Um. Actually, we have this circuit that goes out in Hillsboro. It's got some hills. Oftentimes, that's a, a nice little challenge. 
And it's called the Hillsboro? It's like in the town of Hillsboro. You get off oh. of the W and O D like um at the trailhead in Percival. Oh. So like through Percival and then out into Hillsboro. There's a bunch of back roads back there. Okay. Okay. Favorite post workout food. Well, that's a tough one. I just drink protein shakes, honestly. It's just easy. <laughs> That's pretty boring, what? goodness. <laughs> no. Well, you know, some people it's pizza or burgers, but uh, you're I hate pizza shape. after working out. Ooh. Oh my Brooke, God. I can't stomach it. I cannot. The when smell of work pizza at the finish line just like, makes me nauseated. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel. I mean, goodness gracious. Got it. All right. Since you're in um, the medical field, would you choose Grey's Anatomy, The Good Doctor, or The Resident? The Good Doctor. What the heck? Okay, this is not mine. This isn't mine. I'm a little offended you didn't pick Grey's Anatomy, but whatever. Um, If you... <laughs> Over your first full season, did you pick up any race superstitions that you have that you have habits now? I don't think so. No. Okay. What song gets you pumped up? Anything by Flo Rida. Hey. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is the best sign you've seen on the race course? I saw this one where it was like, you're nowhere near finished. <laughs> like dying inside. Well, that's encouraging. Right? Um, what type of potato are you? A russet. Tell us more. It has, you can use it for any type of dish. I mean, you can make baked potatoes, you can make mashed potatoes. You know, I am that potato. I will do, I will make myself into anything I want myself to be. Spoken like a true potato head. Remember that? <laughs> Hey, and real life, the last question is, I don't know if you've been riding enough to pee on your bike or take a proper pee break, but have you peed in your wetsuit or taken it fully off to handle business? So I love this discussion and I talk about it with everyone and most people outside of triathlon are grossed by my discussion, but... I always try to pee in my wetsuit, number one. Number two, I've tried so hard to pee on the bike. I'm hoping to be successful this season. Still haven't been successful, but still working on it. <laughs> like it's a badge of honor for you to pee on your bike. Like, I did I it. I peed on I my bike. I feel like I did not win that badge and I'm very sad about it. So I'm definitely, that's a goal this season. I love it. Well, you have some lofty goals and we know that you will reach all of them. And we just appreciate you for the energy that you brought. You are great. Ooh, you know, like they said, uh, like we say, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. This has been great. I just want to say thank you to both of my guests, Angelina and Pastor Soror, Angela, Angie, Shannon, Man, this has been so, so good. And, uh, you know, did I already say whenever you try beginners, like you always win? Because listen, 
I'm going to say it twice because you need to get out here and try. We just heard from two beginners, women during Women's History Month. Y'all, let's go try this. Do it. And be sure to share this with a friend or someone who you may know may be interested because we want them to try too. Let's try this. I'm Ashonda Shines and we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.